I was going to jail. I knew it. She knew it too. I could tell by the way she looked over at me. Or rather, didn't. We were the only two people on this block of fancy schmancy row houses. A thin sliver of grass and a fence at half-mast, separating the two of us. When she came through the wrought iron front gate, I was already feeling as lost as Dorothy and Oz, and ready to give anything to snap my ASICs together to get back to Maryland. So I was excited when I first heard the gate slam the next house over. I'd even smiled initially when I looked back at her, convinced her sudden appearance was a good thing. That finally there was someone who could help me. My Glinda. I couldn't see much of her. Not at first, with the sun being long gone and the darkness turning her into just a skinny blob. She didn't take human form until she passed through the remnants of the floodlight from the house attached to the other side. And even then, I couldn't make out more than a square inch of her face. Blame a face mask as red and sparkly as a pair of ruby slippers. But I didn't need to make out a nose, a pair of eyes, perfectly contoured cheekbones, blonde hair, to tell she was pretty. The accessories filled in the blanks. Black jumpsuit, rose gold hardback suitcase, stilettos. She even somehow managed to not look ridiculous wearing sunglasses at night. She looked like she belonged there. Like she was the one taking a long weekend jaunt with her new boyfriend to a city she'd never been to. With keyless door locks, four-story row houses, and unobstructed views of the Manhattan skyline. I, on the other hand, looked like someone standing in the dark outside a place I didn't belong, trying to get in without a key. It was exactly who I was and what I was doing. My outfit was wrong. Target. Suitcase was wrong. Amazon. Skin was wrong. Brown. Hair kinky and getting bigger by the second, was definitely wrong, too. The most expensive things on me were my sneakers. She didn't look in my direction for more than a second, pulling her oversized purse closer to her, quickening her step up the stairs to her pitch-black stoop, or whatever they called it in fancy-ass neighborhoods like this one. But a nanosecond was probably all she needed. Good thing I was already about to cry. Blame the damn door and my inability to get it open. I'd tried three times already. Put in the code Ty had given me. Hit the key button. Jiggled the knob like it needed some complicated handshake. I did it a fourth time, only to yield the same result. The only change, the new audience of one looking like she wanted to boo me off the stage like this was the Apollo. I braved another glance over. I was quick, but she was quicker, turning her head away so fast the crystals on her protective mask looked like sparklers as they caught the light. She'd been watching the latest attempt, even from a distance, even in the dark. I could make out the pale white manicured hand gripping her cell phone, like the weapon it could be in these situations, at least for people who looked like me. 
I pulled my own phone out. This one a lifeline. Ty picked up on the second ring. Be there in 15, he said. You're in the Uber? Not yet, but I will be. Packing up now. My phone said it was already 10.46. He'd sworn he'd pick me up from the train station, then sworn he'd meet me at the house. He'd been wrong on both counts. Oh. It was just a syllable, one I didn't even say that loud, yet he still heard it. Everything okay, Bree? I glanced over. She was still there standing with the screen door open pretending not to watch as she took her own time going inside. Yeah, I wiped my eye as I spoke. It wasn't the first time I'd lied to him. It's the code, it doesn't work. 